Welcome to Cut the Chaos, the podcast that teaches you to cut through the noise, take back control of your life, and create a future you love. I'm your host, professional certified coach, Sandra Jarvis. Let's do this. This has never happened on this podcast before. I've never had a guest. So today I want to introduce you to my very first guest on the Whole You podcast, Miss Angela Huff. Woohoo! Welcome, Angela. <laughs> hey, I'm so excited. The very, very first I know, guest I'm on the new too. you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. So it's Angela so fun. is a surgical weight loss support and mindset coach who helps surgical weight loss patients advance their careers. So Angela, tell us about yourself and more about this niche that you've chosen. Well, first I have a podcast called Stop Living the Apology and it's um, kind of how I figured out that I needed to quit caring about what people thought about the choices that I've made in the past or the actions that I participated in the past and how I could move forward. One of those things that I did was I had gastric bypass in 2001 on Halloween. Oh, wow. 2001. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fun day. (laughs) I'll never forget it. My cute son had to come into the hospital so I could do his costume. I even remember what he was that year. It was very That's eventful. <laughs> uh, I did not tell a single person that really? I, my husband knew, my cousin who had just had surgery knew, and no one else. Well, the surgeon knew. He probably knew. Well, he probably did. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, that's uh, very interesting. Yeah. It, I, I was so, I had started out thin. Um, I got pregnant. I gained 140 pounds and I, for 10 years, did not recognize myself and it was terrible. It was awful. And so I, um, this is funny because women (laughs) of a certain age relate to this. So I grew up in the Oprah years. Yes. So Oprah, Oprah is important. Oprah is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) So remember when Oprah was losing weight? And every year she would put out her weight loss journal. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Oprah's paying big bucks to lose weight. She's got that guy, whatever his name, green guy. And, and they're going to do a weight loss plan. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So I went to Barnes and Noble. I ordered the journal. I came home. I got out my favorite pen and I wrote down, I am so sick of this. Today is the day I'm going to change. And then I would write like two or three paragraphs about how much I have let myself down. And then the next day, Oprah and I would turn the page and write something else. And then like after day four, I hadn't lose. I hadn't lost like fifty pounds. So what? I, I, I know. <laughs> you weren't successful after day four. After day four, 
So, you know, then I was like, this really sucks. You lied to me, Oprah, because, you know, she looked great. I was right. still like day four. So <laughs> I would write like 10 pages and then totally give up. Well, Oprah did this every year and I did it every year with Oprah. For four days. For four days, for like four years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, 16 days. That's it, pretty good. <laughs> highly committed. Highly committed. It was what I was going to do. It was the sure fire thing. So right. the moment everything changed for me, for real, uh -huh. was um, we were moving. And I went to go grab my collection of journals and I'm like oh Oprah and so I open up first journal and I'm like oh today is the day I'm going to change blah 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 and I'm like 10 pages into it I'm like oh well that was a failure toss it in the box every single <laughs> journal I had started with the same words and the same number of days of participation Mm, that's very interesting yep and a I woman said of habits yes yes <laughs> takes me a long time but you know 28 days of a habit is a habit <laughs> do they have to be consecutive no. I don't know <laughs> so at the end of this so it was when everybody was talking about gastric bypass and I had had enough and so I made a choice to pursue weight loss surgery and it was a big deal because I had insurance pay for it. So I had to do six months. I made my appointment, took three months to get into the doctor. And then once I saw the doctor, they put me on a six month plan. And then after that, they would schedule my appointment according to when um, my insurance said I was approved. So the, what was the six month plan for? Um, just to make sure you were committed and you also had to be actively part of a weight loss plan. So okay. I did weight loss or weight watchers. I didn't do weight loss. I did weight watchers, different okay. things. Right. And um, yeah, so it took a full year and Halloween, I had gastric bypass and, you know, there's a lot that happened since and not all good. But mm -hmm. I lost 100 pounds in six months. Wow. And all of my neighbors and friends and my church congregation asked me if I was sick. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. And I'd say, <laughs> no, of course I'm not sick. And then I got a bleeding ulcer, which I actually was sick. Mm -hmm. And then they start asking questions. Are you actually really sick? And I lied. Oh. because I was so shameful about the way I chose to, lock, so were... to lose weight. So then you were living the apology. Yep. Mm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was kind, I didn't want anyone to think I thought too much of myself. So I still didn't wear, I, I was 32. I, I could still pull off really like cute things, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm like still wearing grandma clothes, still dressing like a mom and the baggy shirts and the baggy pants and mm -hmm. trying to hide the fact that I did this extreme thing to lose weight. Mm 
Right. And I lived that way for a long time. Interesting. And, yeah. So when I decided on my niche, um, there's a lot of weight loss coaches. Right. And ultimately, losing weight and keeping it off is all about mindset, commitment, and admitting that you can't do things like you used to do. Yes. So that's, and that's where mindset comes in. You have to be able to change your mind. Right. So that's, and, and that's where I am. And body dysmorphia is a really big thing. You spend half your life being overweight and you lose a lot of weight really fast. Right. You look in the mirror and you're like, there is no way that's me. Mm-hmm. So you still move, act and show up as the bigger person instead of embracing your new you. It's very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. So you mentioned your podcast mm-hmm. and I'm, I just, I want to back up a little bit and talk about like, tell us what stop living the apology actually means. Because I hear it relating to this idea of weight loss, but I've listened to the podcast and it relates to all kinds of things. So It relates to everything that I would say most women and most men too, but they kind of deny it. And <laughs> we, we all do it. And Stop Living the Apology is me and my very best friend, Lori Molman, um, talking about um, our life changes and the moment that we said to ourselves, we've got to do something different because we were acting as if the past were active and true mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Like we need to make up for, you know, spanking our kid when he lied that one time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm the worst mother ever. I exactly. <laughs> um, how, how we interacted with our siblings when we were 15 Um the worst day you've ever had in your life and someone saw it, you know, right. The very, very worst day of your life. And there's evidence because somebody else watched it happen. So you're always apologizing in your mind. They know about my worst day. I need to acknowledge my worst day. Every time I see them. Yeah. I need to acknowledge that I have had failure every day. It's a really unhealthy way to live your life. So on our podcast, we explore things like shame and blame and grief and trustworthiness and honesty and dishonesty and owning your shit. I mean, <laughs> we, we talk about a lot of things that really apply to us. We, we both been divorced and remarried. So we talk about, you know, what it feels like to have that experience of having this committed relationship where you believe that it's going to be something you plan for it to be, you know, this idyllic circumstance. And then you either can control it or you can't control it, but somehow you're not married anymore. Right. It's can be very devastating, even if it's not your fault. And then you get the shame blame. You know, you feel shameful around the people who expected you to do better. And then you blame someone else 
because it, you don't want it to be your fault. Right. So then you get into that cycle of I'm living the apology because I got divorced. I owe you an apology. Mm. And that's pretty much the premise. Okay. Or I'm living an apology because I cheated and lost a hundred pounds through surgery instead of doing the work. Right. You're a cheater. You did yeah. it the easy way. How right. dare you? Right. So <laughs> exactly, man, or a hundred thousand other ways that you're living the apology. I mean, right. for me, it's, it's that I'm living the apology because I um, well, I mean, how many ways can I come up with? <laughs> yeah, you're a mother. Let's start there. You're a mother. So what can't, I mean, aren't you oh, responsible yes. for every bad thing that ever happened? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so if you're a mother, there's that. And you've had a job before. Yes. So, so. every bad, anything that's bad that's ever happened. In your well, job. and as a mother, I had a job, and so that automatically makes me have to apologize because how dare why, you? Yeah, how dare I have a job and do something that I love? Whenever I chose to be a mother, it's two, right? So, do you want to hear me... a funny story about that? Sure. Okay, so <laughs> in my podcast, you hear me talking about sainted mother Glennis. My mom was amazing. <laughs> Okay. So, so my mom was at church and um, there was a lesson and the woman in front was talking about how it is our divine and spiritual and eternal responsibility to do whatever it took to be a stay at home mom. Okay. And my mom was an RN on the oncology ward in Salt Lake City. <laughs> mm -hmm. And my mom just sat there. My mom my my mom was feisty. So she, she's sitting there and she is looking at this woman and she raises her hand. Oh dear. And she says, you know what? If God didn't want me to work on Sunday, everyone would have a miraculous healing at midnight on Saturday, on Saturday. night. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Shut that woman down. And then she had to backtrack about how, you know, oh, there are special women with callings. And my mom is like, shut up. People work on Sunday, Dale. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Well, yeah. And isn't that the thing, though, is that, I mean, all of us has something in our lives where we are living the apology, where we are feeling like, not only is it bad that we're doing it, but that we have to hide it or apologize for it, right? Right, yeah, constantly. And I love the Life Coach School when uh, Brooke talks about life is 50-50, you know, right. it's half, half and half. Yes. And I just think that you reinforce the negative 50 when you walk into a room already deciding that everyone is judging you. Yes. And when you've already decided that the room has judged you, then you act like a sorry person mm -hmm. and you show up small and you leave unhappy. Yeah. So 
I don't know. You know, I'm really kind of hooked on Marianne Williamson's poem where she tells you that you're not meant to play small. Yes. Yes. And I love that poem too. Yeah. And the only way that you can walk into a room and not feel small is decide it doesn't matter what anyone thinks and decide to have a good time and decide to be in that moment because it's the only moment you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that an awesome lesson to learn? The question is, why do we have to learn it at like the age of 45 or 50 <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of learning it when we're 20? Well, the right? facts are, if we were this amazing at, at 20, we would well, be Oprah true. and we wouldn't true. need her to be our best friends. <laughs> that's so true isn't it so I guess that we had to hold ourselves back so that we didn't take over the world earlier the world can't take it all at once (laughs) and that is the truth Uh, (laughs) yeah plus we had to be somewhat humble and malleable when we were mothers so that we could be prepared for them to be questioning but amazing in their 20s yeah Okay, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) We could talk for hours. (laughs) Yes, we could. We could go on and on. Uh, So, um, so I guess I'm. I am curious about your this. I so so the weight loss. How did you? So, so you and I met at the life coach school, right? Getting right. our, yes. Getting our, um, certification. Yes. And I know that you originally were thinking about being a career coach or some sort of career coach. Something. And now you've changed that. So tell us about A that. little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ultimately it's the same thing. Okay. But what what I realized is that I was having imposter syndrome, even okay. though I have helped dozens of women find ways to wealth, how to change their money mindset to be more open, to let money flow freely. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always been a helper, so I help other people. So it's hard for me to stand. I live in the apology, and this is where I'm getting over myself, um, to say to you, I'm going to help you make money has been a little bit of a push. So when I kind of did like the, the body test to see what do I feel completely authentic about? Well, I know that I changed my life dramatically the day I decided to have weight loss surgery. I am a rare success story, 20 years post surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that the world's impression of a very overweight person, an obese person, and let's, it's, it, and this is my opinion and, and no one should believe, no one should trust me instead of their own instincts. But when sounds, you it sounds to me like you're living the apology right now. Well, you it's because just, you it's, can just say it. Okay. <laughs> the world judges heavy people. Yes, I would totally agree with that. And and they judge them in so many different ways. Are you lazy? 
are it or are you supposed to always be jolly if you meet an asian person and you're heavy they will tell you you look like buddha true story um <laughs> there there's a lot of stuff that happens just based on your appearance right so I have been through that journey. I know what it feels like. And I also know the difference between my thin Angela, my overweight Angela, and my now Angela. And, mm-hmm. and I can help people kind of jump the gap. The 20, You don't have to have 20 years of training like I did to be where I am now. You just have to change your mindset. And I know that the combination of helping women recognize that this thing they did was a positive thing they owe no one any explanation they owe no one an apology but then they can transfer that that courage that they had to get surgery in the first place into having courage to walk into a boardroom and say i am an expert listen to me i know what i'm talking about and i'm showing up So I feel 100% authentic in being able to help anyone learn how to transition into that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I feel so much better about that because when I was just straight up talking about putting women on boards, um, which I am an expert at, I was like, any women? Right. (laughs) The women that already have that courage are already doing it it's the women who need courage that need to talk to me yes yeah no and that's I think that it's so and this is an important one I mean there there is so much judgment around weight and I can imagine that losing weight that quickly would cause all kinds of brain drama Oh my gosh. Well, when you're ill and you lose weight, people feel sorry for you. Right. Right. When you have surgery on purpose, people think that you you've taken the easy way out. Yes. Yeah. You're still losing weight now. I mean, when you're on a diet, you make the choice and there's luxury in choices. Mm hmm. You can go and get yourself a cheesecake and you can mindlessly shove the whole thing in your mouth and feel great at it and great after it. And then terrible tomorrow when you realize it had, you know, 4,000 calories. Right. (laughs) When you have gastric bypass, the luxury of choice has been taken away from you. If you choose to mindlessly shove a piece of cheesecake into your stomach there it's it's not going to go well right so it's it's different and people who've had gastric bypass really struggle with you know what i want more than anything in this whole world i want a buffer with a cheesecake but oh, i can't yeah. yeah so what what can i buffer with instead interesting yeah it's it's an interesting world. Weight loss surgery is not for the faint of heart. Um, there's, you know, people tend to do it and then they don't want to bring attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. But they actually need life coaching. They need your life coaching. They need to become a new you. They need to. 
Yeah. <laughs> they need one of us, Sandra. They, they need, need you. They need all the coaching. <laughs> they need every coach. List, uh, yes. list a coaching niche and I'll tell you, and weight loss surgery. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, I always end my podcast with an affirmation. Yes. And so let's, I'm, I'm inviting you to give us an affirmation today. All right. Well, first I have to intro it. Okay. Do. Okay. That'd be great. So to, in order to stop living the apology, you need to forgive and forget your past. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so first forgive and forget your past. And then the qu- second question is, what's the happiest animal on the planet? A goldfish. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> a goldfish. The goldfish. Okay. The, gold, the goldfish only has a 10 second memory. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> so be okay. a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. <laughs> so if your affirmation today only needs to be forget and forgive your past and be a goldfish, that is what I want for you. <laughs> forget and forgive your past and be a goldfish. I yeah. love it. And <laughs> we can give credit to the great Ted, Ted Lasso for that one. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. Yes. <laughs> I talk about Ted Lasso as if he's a life coach and that, you know, people could go and listen to him online, the words of wisdom, practical philosophy, all of Ted Lasso. And um, you can, cause he is a, a life coach. Well, yeah. And he's awesome. I love, I love him. I love the, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's a sitcom, by the way, sitcom. It, he's not real. He's a character. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yes, but I mean, is he real? Maybe he's real. You know what? <laughs> Ted Lasso can have dinner with us when we have dinner with Oprah. With Oprah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't maybe, that we'll, be... <gasps> maybe we should invite Brene Brown too, because here's why. Brene loves Ted Lasso and she's already interviewed him. So maybe she can get us in. What? And then we can get Oprah in. What? <laughs> And they want us. They're we're they don't know it yet, but we're on their list. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. That is Oprah, Ted, and Brene with and us. Sandra and Angela. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. Amazing. Yeah. That is so good. <laughs> well, thank you for being here today, Angela, and sharing us sharing with us about your journey and um I appreciate it. I appreciate you being my first ever guest. I love this. Invite me anytime. It was so much fun. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow, rate, and review to help me get the word out. And if you really enjoyed this episode, grab a screenshot and share it on social media. Thanks again for spending a few minutes in my world.